The Bucs wrapped up a road trip with back-to-back losses in Miami with a number of players not playing, including Giannis. He had a couple of nights off. So we're going to discuss what happened on the weekend. We're also going to talk about Serge Barker. Is he coming back to the Bucs? It's all up in the air a little bit right now. And Chris Middleton appears to be nearing a return. Do we have any predictions for when he's going to come back and play for the Bucs? Another afternoon game against the Indiana Pacers tomorrow as well. So there's plenty to get through to start the week. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network, it's Justin Garcia. And uh, in, in the usual, I would say still the usual Sunday night uh, time slot with Justin. We've both, I guess, finished watching some football. Everyone knows I'm not a big NFL fan, but it's playoff time, so I jumped on board. But we're going to be talking about the Bucks today, and we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every single day. Subscribing on YouTube, the subscribers are going up. We're pumped about it. Join in the conversation, hit the bell, turn notifications on, uh, and get involved. Today's podcast is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. Justin, started the road trip 2 0. I wouldn't say it was the most convincing 2 0 of all time, but. The way the Bucks have been playing, you take it and you're banking every win. No Giannis in the back-to-back games in Miami, but hopefully he got a little bit of sun at least and some revitalization from the weather down in Florida. But these two games were very uninspiring. Did you take anything away from this? It's tough when Giannis doesn't play. I'm always kind of sitting back and saying, well, this ultimately doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, but another back-to-back loss situation for the Bucks. And they continue overall, just purely based on the record, to be pretty mediocre since that 9-0 start. Yeah, um, I took away the – they're just not fun to watch right now. Um, the first two games I thought were pretty nice wins overall. I mean, you kind of alluded to it. It, it wasn't as if they blew out the Knicks and they started to blow out the Hawks and didn't hold on to it. But the those – really, those that string of five quarters – of the final two quarters in New York and the first three in the Hawks game where you were starting to feel really good of like, okay, maybe this team is kind of coming back into form. And it was kind of what we saw happen right before the all-star break two years ago when they won a championship that you thought, okay, maybe this is it. That's bringing them together. Uh, and then Miami happened and, and night one, you, you knew weird things always happen in Miami. And when you saw what both teams were rolling out there, you're like, okay, I, I don't have high expectations for this game. Uh, but that second game was, I think, a huge letdown. When you look at what I just said, if this team was trying to seem like they were piecing together some things and everything that we had touched on a, a lot on the, the radio broadcast has been, you and Frank have talked about too. I mean, their turnovers have been off the charts in a bad way. 
really all season, but uh, especially in, in late December when that road trip started carrying over into this year, turnovers have been brutal. They did a pretty good job in the second half against the Knicks and all throughout the rest of this trip. So you're like, all right, they're building something here. And points in the paint and rebounding have all of a sudden become issues for this team lately as well. And those were two things that improved. And then all of a sudden it just, it all went to hell in, in Miami and Saturday and Saturday was more frustrating because all those things you were improving just regressed. And you had guys back on the floor too, where you thought, okay, now we have, you know, more offensive pieces out there. Grayson Allen's out there. Joe Ingles is back. So on paper, this should be a better team and they should have some more offensive punch. And the game on Saturday, they looked, they looked even worse than they did when they were shorthanded on Thursday. So the last 15 games, so the 7-8 and eight over their last 15, 29th in offense, only the Houston Rockets are, have been worse, which is uh, concerning to say the least. That turnover percentage you referenced, 27th uh, for the Bucs. There's a number of indicators. The offense has been bad all season long, but it's been next level over this stretch uh, for the Bucs here. And now they get the paces... And this is, I believe it's a 1.30 tip, Justin. Can it you is, help yeah. me out? 1.30 p.m. tip on a Monday, MLK day, I believe it is. And we don't, well, we do know who's not going to be. We're not sure if Giannis is going to be there, Justin. He's listed as probable with left knee soreness. We're frankly not holiday. sure about any of those guys. Yeah, because we've seen That's guys right. listed as probable and, and then inexplicably out in a span of hours. And Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis also probable. So the fact that they're actually listed on the injury report is concerning. And you've got Serge Barker, Joe Ingles, and Chris Milton out. So Joe Ingles, I'm not sure that's just the travel stuff into a afternoon game. Perhaps there's some sort of uh, protocols they're following there. But Chris Middleton still out. We're going to get to Serge Barker a little bit later in the show. I know there's been a lot of conversation around Serge, uh, but let's go with Chris. We got a... As far as injury reports go for Chris Milton, a somewhat positive uh, report from Bud when he said he's been doing not just five-on-five, significant five-on-five work. So what's your sense here? Well, we were talking before, and so I guess let's go back a week where I, I, I don't recall if you and, and Frank or you and Camille talked about this, but the the Shamsharania report that came out last week of Chris getting very, very close to a return and um, – he had said specifically, I forget what show this was on, but he had it said specifically he was hearing he might be back for that Thursday game in Miami. And uh, it was one of those things where when you, you started to see it and listen to this report, you're like, all right, this makes sense. Up until the Miami game, when anybody that's been around this team knows, yeah, there's going to be guys that are clearly not going to play in that Miami game. So why would the Bucs bring Chris Middleton back when, as we saw Thursday, nobody else was playing? So that just kind of didn't make sense. Um, but there has been these, these nuggets along the way where you know we keep hearing there's no updates to make and he is making progress. The whole thing of him doing more five-on-fives and then sending the herd out to Miami to work with not just Chris, but a handful of other guys and get them more of that run. I mean, that's as, as close as we get to a telltale sign of, it's usually within a week or so whenever things like that happen that that the guy is getting ready to return. So I know um, either Eric or Jim asked Bud about this before the game, I think Saturday. And I don't remember if they referenced it specifically in their question or if Bud did, but the fact that you essentially have a week 
at home where you can get more practice in, you can use the herd more, and you're just using that facility at the Sports Science Center however you choose because the Bucks came home Saturday night. They're not going to leave until they leave for Cleveland on Friday afternoon. So I kind of take that to mean he's – if I had to choose when he's back, I think it makes sense that he would be back for Saturday against the Cavaliers, that we just – Continue to hear he's close. He's been doing five-on-fives and working with the herd and assigned to the herd. And the fact that you had a full week off in your own city now leading into that game leads me to believe there's a really good chance Saturday is when he's finally back. That would be very exciting. It's been a long, long time. i got some more Chris Middleton stuff. I want to continue this conversation. Then we're going to get to Serge Barker after we talk about Prize Picks, our sponsor of today's show. And if you're not sure how prize picks works. It's pretty simple. You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Uh, and it's not just NBA. They've got uh, NFL with the postseason still rolling on, baseball when it returns, uh, NHL, golf, college sports, everything else. So you can jump in, and uh, it's safe and fast for withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. And if you deposit 100 bucks, PrizePix will give you 100. You deposit 50, they'll give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So continuing the Chris Milton conversation, so it, it's we all understand that he's only played these seven games. I remember at the start of January or when we were just turning into the new year and I said, look, I'm giving it till the end of Jan before I start to panic about this team. We're sneakily starting to get there. <coughs> the interesting thing is that it's already been a month since he last played again. He's had another month off with this knee soreness. His last game, uh, quite depressingly, was uh, the 41-point disaster in Memphis where... He may have had the worst game of his entire career. He was just not good in that game. And then we haven't seen him back since then. And so, and that was the game, too, I believe, where he left with an ankle issue, right? I think that's, I mean, look, uh, I've tried to wipe that game from my memory, Justin. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it just, all this is to Which, say. That- my, my, my larger point is it just leads to the ambiguity of the whole thing, and especially a year after Brooke Lopez, where we haven't seen him for a month now, and it's been kind of stop and start all along this season with him, but that was the game too, where I I'm pretty sure he left with an ankle injury that none of us spotted of when did this ankle injury occur on the floor? And then a couple of days later, it's back to knee soreness and he's on the injury report. And there's been a lot of things going on and, and I don't bring it up too much, but people understand they talk about it on the broadcast, obviously at the, the family tragedy as well. So uh, yeah, I'm, if it was me, I'm sure motivation would have been a little bit low there and people say, well, you're professional. But there's been other things going on as well. So we're not really sure exactly where he's been at. But what happens is when you don't get these updates, and we've seen it before, people, the rumors make their, start. Make their own updates and they're always the worst possible scenario. The rumors start. And we understand Chris Milton has a player option for next season. Uh, my thoughts on this the whole time, and this is not to say that this is, I mean, this is just, I haven't seen any reporting to say this is true. But my thoughts the whole time, and I mentioned it on this podcast a few months ago, is that I think Chris needs to play and play well. And if he plays and plays well, he'll earn himself a significant deal, whether it's in Milwaukee or or elsewhere. I'm not sure that sitting out would even 
be beneficial to to earning a lot of money. I might be wrong, but that that's not something that comes to mind for me. No, I, I've seen this take too, and it just floors me because um, he's getting paid either way, and he, he's going to have a market either way. But um, how would he improve his stock by not playing? And, and again, somebody's going to pay him. Hopefully, it's the Bucks, but somebody's going to pay him. Um, but if he if he is choosing to, you know what? I'm not playing until I'm fully mm-hmm. ready, and I'm I'm going to torpedo this season. And at this point, he's going at this point he's going to miss more than half the season because it's already what 34 games uh 36 maybe that he's missed and i mean even if he comes back saturday as we targeted he's not going to play every single game for the remainder of the season so we're going to get to the point where he may only play in 30 games this season um that's not going to improve his free agency stock i don't think it's going to drop it drastically but if he was choosing to do this which for the record i don't think he is it's not like he's going to be improving his standing in free agency in the summer. So I've never understood that take. I tend to agree. We'll see. Uh, again, there's been just a little rumblings of the the unhappiness or frustration with the Bucks locker room. And I know people have mentioned Bill Simmons and he's brought it up a couple of times. I've heard Zach Lowe be with Bill and both times Zach said, you know, the only thing that I've found is that it's just frustration that the team isn't healthy, frustration that they're not winning games, which makes perfect sense. And I think, uh, you know, if you've got Giannis leading this team, we know he's as competitive as anyone. So surely there's going to be some frustration. As I said, they're 18 and 16 since that 9-0 start. So they've been battling for quite a while here. Another player that's fascinating, though, is Serge Ibaka. So he has been away from the team for personal reasons for a while now. We don't understand what those personal reasons are. And there could be anything going on. We, I'm not going to speculate about what those personal reasons are, but we can talk more broadly about his role with this team. So Eric Name did ask Bud on the weekend about Serge Ibaka, and Mike Boonholzer said he does not expect Serge Ibaka to join the team when they get home to Milwaukee. There was also an article a few weeks ago now. I think it was French. It, was, it had to be translated. I did translate it. And yeah, it seemed, <laughs> and sometimes the translations can get mixed up, but it seemed like he was potentially not thrilled with his role on this Milwaukee Bucks team. And if you look at uh, his play so far this season, he's appeared in 16 games, only 11.6 minutes per game. And really, a lot of those minutes have come when the games are well and truly over as well. But I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when the first rumblings came out about potential unhappiness from certain players on the roster. I said, well... I can only point to guys that potentially are frustrated about their role that to me, at least it was very obvious what the role was going to be coming into the season. So if I'm talking about Serge Barker, and again, we don't know whether he is angry about it, but if he was, I would say, I don't know what you expected. So uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think we were all kind of surprised that Serge Ibaka came back because we, we assumed the way he was used last year that it was just – it was basically we're confident that Brooke Lopez is coming back, and we've said this all along, but just in case, we should probably find a security blanket here. And it, it didn't work out too great last year with Serge. So I think we were all very surprised when he chose to came back to, to come back. And seeing how he's been used this year, it's, it's very similar to how guys like Wesley Matthews and George Hill have been used too. Now – the difference there is uh, I think we would all say, well, George Hill and Wesley Matthews are more apt to get a lot more playing time in the postseason than Serge Ibaka is. That 
even still, it's going to have to be an injury that's leading to Serge Ibaka. So I'm with you where it's, well, if you're upset, I don't really know what you thought the opportunities were going to be here. And that, I guess it boils down to the conversations that he had with John Horst and the rest of the front office of what was the role that was indicated to you here. Um, but yeah, I think the big thing is we don't know what the personal issues are, what the personal reasons for him missing time is. So it's easy again to jump to conclusions and to interpret that interview that he did and say, well, look, he's clearly taking shots at the coaching staff and he's not happy. And the fact that when Bud was asked by Eric on Saturday, is Serge going to be back with the team? And his answer was, was no, when you return home, no, that doesn't mean Serge Ibaka is disgruntled and upset and he's just choosing to be away from the team or they've decided it's best for us, you know, to part ways or you to stay away from us. We don't know what the personal reasons are for his absence. So on the one hand, if he is upset, which we're already jumping to conclusions, you could kind of piece together. I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot, but as, as we said, where do you think the playing time is going to come from with this group, with Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez and Giannis? Yeah, first and foremost, hopefully everything's okay. But if it is just purely basketball related, I think this was pretty predictable. Uh, even though maybe there was some uncertainty uh, about how Brooke Lopez would look. And you know, to this point, he's looked fantastic. But then you got Giannis, then you got Bobby. And it's not like there's anyone else really that's been taking the minutes, but those three guys are, are locked in the rotation. That's 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 not going to change. So... Uh, well, it will be interesting to see how this pans out. And of course, when we talk about, talk about Serge Barker, we have to mention the trade because the fans are still very angry about the trade. So I had to go back and have a look at what the trade was. And, and clearly Dante DiVincenzo going out, we all remember he's playing pretty well for the Golden State Warriors. He's in a pretty good situation there. I thought it was pretty predictable that he would have a good season there. And I liked Dante DiVincenzo when he was here, but I don't think that he was thrilled with his role here in Milwaukee either. And, yeah, the Bucks extended Grayson Allen, and that's another part of the conversation here. But I'll still go back and say that, yes, now, in hindsight, the trade, you probably wish it didn't happen. But at the time, no one had a clue what Brook Lopez was going to be like. Yeah, in, in hindsight, it wasn't great. Um, you did get – you got a couple second-rounders, didn't you? A couple you? seconds, yep, yep. A couple second-rounders, which we've we've seen John Horst do a lot with second-round picks the last couple of years. Um we're in agreement that I, I don't think Dante was going to be here either way that I think it was kind of the, the die was cast when the bucks extended uh, Grayson Allen and Dante was looking for different opportunities. So you don't fault him for that. But the one thing you would point to, it's the same as conversation we had the last couple of years and, and two summers ago, specifically, even if Dante didn't want to stay here, you still had an asset that if, if you didn't make that trade, number one, Dante would have been very playable in that series against the Boston Celtics, especially with no Chris. And two, I mean, it's, it's all about retaining assets and you would have had that asset to move for something else in exchange and not something that's Serge Ibaka at the trade deadline. Well, we're halfway through, well, we're more than halfway through this podcast, but we are more than halfway through the NBA regular season as well. So fatigue can start to set in. Maybe you're a little bit hungry. You're looking for a tasty snack and Built Bar can absolutely help you out because if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. Uh, we just got through the holidays and uh, people have different goals. You might be looking to lose some weight or just eat a little bit healthier. I'm always trying to eat a little bit healthier and that's why I go with Built. We're healthy 
is actually tasty. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond as well. And you don't have to go to Built.com to get your boxes delivered anymore. You can just go to Walmart or Sam's Club and pick them up straight away. No waiting for delivery. You got it there. Have one on the way home and then have one when you get home. Uh, you'll love it. So if you're close to a Sam's Club or Walmart, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro, and you can thank me later for that. Uh, also go to built.com. All right, little random Bucks trivia here for you, uh, Justin, that I just thought of as I was scrolling through the basketball reference page. So we understand the health stuff that the Bucks have gone through this season. Uh, we also remember the old Javon Carter, George Hill debates uh, that was raging through the offseason and into the start of this season. Can you name me? <laughs> can you name me the top five players by minutes for the Milwaukee Bucks this year? For the Bucks. Uh, oh, man. Um, well, Bobby Portis would have to be up there. Yes. Third. So. All right. Um, I'm st- well. Grayson Allen, fifth. Okay. Uh, Brooke Lopez, first, and he has played a yeah. hundred minutes more than the second-ranked player, which is astounding. I would have. I would assume Giannis and Drew are still in the top five. Giannis number two, and Drew Holiday isn't there because Javon Carter is there. The Bucks have six players that have played over a thousand minutes. Drew Holiday is the sixth player there. So Javon Carter, one thousand and seventy-seven minutes already this season. George Hill down at six hundred and thirteen, and we know he hasn't been playing much at all uh, lately there. But it is just interesting. I, I think I pointed this out before, but Javon Carter has never played more than. 945 minutes in a season. He's already up at 1,077. So only halfway through the season. So again, I don't know what it looks like in the playoffs, uh, particularly with the offensive stuff. Uh, But if there was any desire from Bucks fans to see Javon Carter play, you've seen a hell of a lot of Javon Carter so far this season. Uh, we have. And look, I, I, I'm i going to continue to advocate for this. We talked about it very, very early in the season, and I've talked about it on, on some of my shows on the radio. I would very much uh, be in favor of them going back to Javon Carter in the starting lineup. I think it just works better to have him and Drew Holiday back there. I think it takes a little bit off of Drew defensively, where he's got another guy to play out there on the perimeter with him. And uh, I, I like the concept of Grayson Allen. I know you want to maximize his minutes with Giannis, but I just like the concept of he and Bobby being guys that are coming off the bench to score. And it seems like Javon, not that he's not engaged, but it seems like he's more engaged and his offense is better when he's playing with that first unit. So is Javon, uh, Grayson Allen here in a month? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, well, yeah, that would be past it, huh? Because it's what February 9th. Don't try and get me with a loophole. I know what that uh, is. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. Okay, that's fair enough. I'm very interested. That's all I got to say. And uh, as I said, it's already January 16. Uh, probably as most people, it's January 16 right now in Australia. But January 16, as most people will be listening to this over in the US as well. 
trade deadline on February 9. So it is just going to really start to creep up. If we look at the NBA standings overall, and we've been monitoring this for a while, uh, the Celtics have pushed away. They've now won six straight. So they're four games clear at the top. To me, they're almost a lock to finish in the number one seed in the East. You can hand it to them now. Then there is one game separating the Nets, Bucks, 76ers, and Cavs. And if we look at the schedule coming up, we know the Bucks have got the Pacers. They're around a 500 team, but it's challenging. They have to go back to, uh, sorry, they'll host the Toronto Raptors, then they go to Cleveland, and, and Pistons should beat them. But then you've got the Nuggets, the Pacers, the Pelicans, and then the, those pesky Hornets uh, who, you know, the Bucks would owe them as well. So I've been saying this for a while, but there is a real danger if the Bucks can't get this together in the next couple of weeks here, that they're going to be sitting in fifth and unthinkably outside of a home court seed. Um, yeah, yes. But as you just pointed to, it's, you know, we're not going to see Kevin Durant. I know they, they've been pretty vague. He's going to be out a month, you would assume. And at that point, it's going to be close to the all-star break that what's the point in rushing him back? Why not just take it through the all-star break? So I'm still, not sold. We won't see him until the second half of the season. And, you know, the Bucs, as, as everybody kind of fretted over their schedule of, well, the, the Celtics are going to start to run away with it and they could drop down to fourth or so here. Yeah, we have seen Boston bounce back, but the Bucs have just a ton of games. And I know we talked about all the struggles they've been going through recently, but the door is open now. The schedule between now and basically the All-Star break, you only have, I think, think four opponents between now and then that are in the top four spots in their respective conferences. So it's a lot of those teams like fifth or sixth and in the play in tournament or worse and mostly Eastern conference teams. So if you can get healthy and just start to eliminate some of those mistakes, the door is pretty open for the bucks to, to go on a similar type of run as the Celtics have in the last couple of weeks here. Well, to do that, they will certainly have to uh, boost what they've been putting out there offensively over the last 15 games. That continues to be uh, the big area of growth for this team. Uh, make sure you listen to the Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. All the local experts uh, from around the league will give you recaps of every game after it happens. So if you didn't get to catch up with the NBA the night before, you can listen to that podcast and you'll be uh, filled in. And maybe uh, you'll find another Locked On podcast you want to listen to after. Of course, you're done with Locked On Bucks. We have to be your first listen, which we, we appreciate. Uh, to wrap this up, as I said I've been watching some NFL. Uh, how much joy did you take from the Vikings losing? Because my Twitter feed was lit up with some very happy campers. Uh, I took quite a bit, and I was telling you, <laughs> um, you know, during the season too, I, I wasn't quite as in on the Packers as I have been in seasons past just because of the Bucks schedule, but – a part of you is like, and you know, I hear it from Vikings and Bears fans all the time when the Packers lose. We saw it the final game of the season when they were celebrating that the Packers didn't make the postseason. I don't want to be that fan. Like, I'm not going to dance on the Vikings gravestone here and celebrate if they lose. But as soon as that game ended, I just felt this this happiness that I haven't experienced in quite some time. Ah, uh, That's a tough break. Tough break for the Vikings. Uh, didn't watch them all season, but, uh, you know, when you win all those close games and then lose a close one in the postseason, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But anyway, hopefully the Bucks will get back on the winner's list. Uh, they got the Pacers tomorrow, 1.30 p.m., as I said. Another early start for me, 6.30 a.m. Not ideal, but we'll push through. 
We'll have a post-game podcast after the show. I'll drag Frank on at some point in time. He must have the day off work, so surely he can podcast. Uh, and we'll be back, as I said, for the post-game show. Justin, I'm sure you'll be working. So afternoon shift, you you prepared? Uh, I I suppose I better be. Yeah, a, a 1.30 start. So it's going to be weird uh, trying to go through my mind and, and re-figure out the timings of, wait, what time do I need to be there? And what time will Bud talk? And so that'll be an adjustment for a couple hours tomorrow, probably. Well, you enjoy that. Everyone else enjoy the game. And we will be back for more Locked On Bucks after, hopefully, a Bucks win. 